Hello and welcome to the Rejuvenated Woman podcast. Today I have two very special guests, Australia's own internationally renowned divine mantra artists, Sacred Earth, Prem and Jethro Williams, have led the way for sacred music within Australia. Having sold more than a quarter of a million albums, they're Australia's top-selling artists in the ambient music genre. Anyone who's ever experienced Sacred Earth perform live knows it's something special. Hand on my heart, I know that too. It's more than just an ambient music concert. It's an exceptionally moving event. Tears flow, smiles spread and a profound sense of peace pervades the entire space. A huge, loving and warm welcome to you, Prem and Jethro. I've been a huge fan of yours for a very long time. My whole family has. And I was thinking last night, when was it that I first listened to you? And I think it was around 2010 where um, Donal and I were hanging out with Paul Check doing some mandalas and he put the music on. And then later on, Donal and I were at the um, Mind Body Spirit Festival in Sydney and uh, we'd split. We'd been browsing the stalls and we'd split and we heard your music and I know that I was like, oh my gosh, there's music, Sacred Earth, are they here live? And so I went went over and there you were and I looked across and Donald was on the other side. <laughs> so you brought us together and I think that's what you encapsulate. You know, it's such a beautiful community that you create. And, I've, you know, even I said to my son, Josh, who's in the States, um, I said, you know, he was asking me about the podcast and I said, guess who I'm interviewing this week? And he said, who? And I said, Sacred Earth. And he said, oh, wow, Mum. He said, I was giving Alexis, his girl, a, a massage and he put Sacred Earth music on. Aww. So I just, you know, I've played it so, for so many years. You both played at our place of Chi in 2012 where we had, I think, 40 people for dinner and you've just been in our home for so long. So thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I wanted you to share a little bit more about how you came together, how Sacred Earth was born and how we can find and bring stillness into our lives. Yeah, I suppose mm. starting with um, maybe more about Sacred Earth and maybe the ethos around Sacred Earth. So we, um, Prem and I, met uh, 22 years ago and uh, independently were seeking a different life. We were a whole lot younger then too. Interestingly enough, <laughs> and quite free, uh, it was a beautiful time of self exploration. And so we'd we both been getting into yoga, and I was doing a lot of uh, vipassana meditation retreats, and just trying whatever was whatever was coming. We were, we were I was open to that, and Prem was living that life independently, including musical expression, and um, quite free, really. Uh, and so we came together, and uh, I think we were together for three weeks, and we sat at Vipassana together, 10 days silent, so we didn't look at each other for 10 days, or I didn't look at her. Apparently. I looked at him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Not even her, like, you know. No, no, he no, was, no. I was, I was he pretty hard-lined yes. about it. He was very stoic. And, I spent uh, the three weeks peering across the room. <laughs> But we set the, that that set the tone for our journey and relationship together. Very very deep. We came away from that, and meditation became part of our daily life. We sort of made this. I was re- reflecting on it with Prem a couple of days ago. We made this uh, declaration that we wouldn't be responsible for each other's happiness, and in that we mean 
something comes up, a feeling comes up, we want to blame somebody, but actually the feeling's living inside of us. And uh, we're still working on that 22 years later. <laughs> it's, a, it's a slow, evolving realisation, that, that truth. It's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to build a mansion uh, with one hand behind my back. It's another to actually take the years to achieve it. And so we're still uh, constantly uh, evolving with that. But that was a really important pillar of, our, of the foundation of our journey with Sacred Earth. Mm. And we decided, um, we were playing music, we were in a band at the time, and we decided that we were actually going to give up music, we weren't going to be musicians anymore, and went to study yoga teacher training for a couple of years. And so in that time, the music of Sacred Earth started to be born, it started to come out, and um, we just went with it really, and it just kept more and more music kept coming, and when we took our music out to the streets because we started just playing at markets out on the street because there wasn't really anywhere in Australia to play music of that kind that wasn't a pub or club Mm. or something of that nature. It didn't really exist. So, um, And I don't really think there were, outside of the Hare Krishna communities and things like that, there wasn't really mantra being sung anywhere else. So... um, we took to the streets and started playing and the response was just incredible. We just, everywhere we went, people were being, we were watching people be touched in a very, very deep way. So we just kept getting the feedback from the universe that this is what you're meant to be doing. And so we just kept going and the music kept coming, the songs kept being gifted to us and um, from spirit just kept coming. And we just kept listening and following the journey and showing up. And we're showing up and showing up and showing up wherever we could play. But we had a very clear description of where we would play and that was not places where they served any sort of substance, substances, alcohol or anything like that. We were wanting to stay in a really clear vibration. Mm. So um, and I remember people saying, you, there's no way you can play in Australia. There's just no way you can play that doesn't have that and it's like well we're just going to trust and we were supported beautifully over the years through things like the mind body spirit festivals and the psychic expos and and the markets all around australia and um and by the people and we'd have you know you we could never tell who was going to be touched by the music it might be some just massive bikey walking up with tears streaming down his face because he'd felt the music in his heart and um We've always, and from the beginning, just had an intention before we start. And that intention is to touch the heart of the listener in the deepest place and remind them of who they truly are. And that that intention, that prayer has been there the whole time and is said before every time before we play and is every time before we record an album or put anything down onto a CD or so... It carries this vibration um, and this prayer and this intention that people will connect with themselves. And you so deliver. Thank you. You really deliver. I, I was just feeling it just as you expressing that, uh, you know, going back to one of the um, little halls in Mossman and if anyone hasn't had the privilege of seeing Sacred Earth and or listening to them, please look them up and we'll put a little video at the end. 
Um, but I remember going into this the concert. I'd seen you many times before, but you mentioned you know the ambience and. It was like everyone was chilled out in the lounge room. We had our bolsters or blankets or you bring your chair and, you know, your chai and it was home. It was like, you know, we were sitting in your lounge room and you were welcoming us in and definitely to your hearts and, you know, yes, I just feel it. And that's why we've, we continue to play it. You know, it's to touch so many people. I'm sure that you get so humbled and your vibration raises even more when you see everyone, how touched they are oh, yeah. from what you're, you're sharing with them. Yeah, it's been an incredible journey and an incredible journey of, of listening, listening to the people, watching the people, seeing the response, the feedback has always been so incredible that we couldn't not do it. It just was what we were meant to be doing in the world. And um, and it just grows and it grows and it grows. Yeah, and the, the, fee- the, the messages that people send to us are just so heartwarming that our music is supporting their lives in so many different ways and bringing them, bringing them through really dark times or really beautiful times like births and deaths and marriages and, and just bringing them out of darkness back to their to their light Mm. Mm. so I think it's becoming even more relevant in the world right now Um, the the music that we're playing and the intention behind it is more and more needed in the world yes I totally agree Mm. because you have traveled a lot in the past haven't you oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) so you mentioned off camera nine months of the year was it Normally, up yes, to, yep. yeah, up to nine months of the year. Four, so, four of that we would not continuous. But no, uh, we would spend maybe four in Europe, and then the other five would be throughout Australia, New Zealand, Asia. Is it, does yes. it get tiring? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, look, well, when you're when you're doing it, it wouldn't if we didn't have babies attached yeah, to us <laughs> when we did it. <laughs> well, when you're doing it, it, there's there's an elevated experience. You know, you you meet. You know, we we we're traveling sharing mantra and prayer we're getting to meet really high vibration people wherever we go to fantastic um beautiful environment you know we might be visiting that place for the first time and you get taken on to have these genuine experiences of staying out on a lake house in somewhere like latvia and doing a sauna on the lake and jumping in you know you have these so you get on a high there is a high and Possibly we didn't realise how tired we were from it until COVID came and stopped us. And then we went, oh, <laughs> <You're talking laughs> I'm really tired. Wow, you yeah. Know? And it's been a process of, of actually evaluating and experiencing that stillness in a different way because we would still maintain our practices while we were on the road, while breastfeeding, while organising children and their needs around everything we were doing. Yeah, there's been a process of like the sediment coming down because now we just can just be at home and practice and the depth that is there and the absence of the nervous system being subtly stimulated all the time has been quite uh, noticeable. So would you find or say that it's been a blessing for you to stop? Oh, yeah. Big time. Mm. Yeah, it has. We bought a small farm in November 2019 and Prem had declared we weren't going to Europe the following year. 
So we didn't make any plans <laughs> for, 20, the universe is for 2020. <laughs> and uh, we just put down anchor and went, oh, well, that's no problem because we'd already decided not to go. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's been wonderful. It's been a really wonderful time. It took and a while to convince you, though, that we weren't going. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my Sagittarian nature. <laughs> I was always up for the next adventure, you know. Yeah, and do it and just change and having to rethink like everyone has. So you were delivering your concerts online? Is yes. That right? Some um, of, yeah. some of yes. We we were invited to join quite a number of festivals all around the world online and that's been a, a beautiful experience, um, very different, mm. um, but still feels the same in some way as well. Um once we drop into that zone, it just is. And it yeah. doesn't really matter if there's a thousand people there or there's no one sitting there. The energy is still being exchanged. And there are people, of course. They're on yeah. the other side of the screen, but they're not sitting in front of us. So Yeah, I remember making a, content, uh, a comment on one of the online concerts. Oh, it's kind of strange not playing to real people. <laughs> and, and this, and this, the comment came back. We are real people, you know. It's like, oh, sorry. Yes, you are. But just um, not, yeah, yeah, just can't because yeah, we're can't. in this virtual space, you know, mm. in our lounge room, playing to a camera. But uh, but it was uh, yeah. beautiful for us as a band. With us, it was the three of us with our percussionist Gavin Simpson as well. We had some beautiful times, just the three of us playing and going on some incredible journeys together with our music and that really does translate. I think we're going to give you a, a video of that at the end. Um, mm. And it still was doing the same work you know, out in the world, maybe even more so in these times when people really, really needed it and have really needed it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it gives a little more easier access, doesn't it? And as you said, we as a collective need that space or, you know, the facilitators to provide that for us. So what is it that, how would you describe or um, coach someone in finding stillness? You have a whole day on this, don't you? You have a whole day retreat. This is what I say to my husband. I asked him a question. He said, I I speak a whole day on that stuff. (laughs) Just narrow it down. Can you please? Well, I think... (laughs) some tools. Yes. Probably I'll start. You can can pick up what I miss. (laughs) Uh, I Firstly, I think um, the first thing to recognising or finding stillness is acknowledging the absence of it. And so um, that can be confronting or it can be a challenging thing to somehow recognise I'm not at still, I'm not still within my being. I'd like to make a disclaimer and say that Prem and I are not permanently still (laughs) in our emotional, physical... Between your human. Yes, that's very much what we are. And uh, (laughs) we're parents and we we have moments. I think uh, the difference is we really are are present with those moments in a different way as we grow older and as we progress in this relationship with self-awareness. And so then recognising that stillness, it's, it would be likened to anything, whether it's in the physical or the emotional. You can't expect to go from A to B without traversing the space that's in between them. And so you need tools or practices 
that will support you in journeying through that. And that's if you want to climb a mountain, you might not get to the top for three months, but you might be going up and down that mountain for uh, four days a week, you know, gradually working your way up into that space. It's it's no different, and it's changing uh, your awareness of of the way you exist. Mm-hmm. We have certain practices that support us in doing that, but we also recognise that there's a myriad of practices, whether it be Tai Chi, Qigong, Yoga, Mantra, Meditation. It's finding that which your heart sings with or what you resonate with and then generating a daily practice, having that level of commitment where you come back to it daily so that you're able to not only check in but actually move away from the outward movement that life asks of us and move towards that internal movement of surrender and acceptance and experiencing presence, present moment. Like I said, that the sediment sifting down so that you can get that clear water experience. That can be quite confronting, as you mentioned. Mm. Oh, yes. The nature of the mind, it's mad. Yeah, and it's the room that we never clean, you know. It's that we just close the door and and walk out and hope that it won't be the way we left it when Mm. we were there last. But Mm. then we open the door and go, whoa, it's gotten worse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that analogy. (laughs) It's so true. But it's like Jethro said, um, the climbing up the mountain, you know, it's uh, if you're wanting to have a meditation practice in your life, to say and declare, I'm going to sit for an hour every day. Um, it just might be a little out of out of reach if you're just beginning meditation. So to make really achievable goals, it's better off to sit for five minutes a day and do it every day. And then the habit is being created and, and being formed in that time. And then maybe that meditation practice will grow to six minutes or seven minutes or... 10 minutes but just slowly and it's the it's the making the effort to get on the mat or to sit on the cushion is probably harder because once you're there it's easy to sit for for 5 minutes and um and to have that committed practice so it's about making achievable goals mm. that you can actually that you'll confident confidently achieve and then have a sense of oh I can do this mm. And then the practice will grow naturally over time. Mm. And then also, um, like for example, you know, we've had little people um, on our journey for the last 10 years. And, and then, of course, our eldest is 23. So we've had um, children the whole time that we've been together. While they were younger, you know, I still wanted to maintain my yoga practice or our yoga practice. So rather than locking myself away in a bedroom or even trying to get out to a class was ridiculous, I couldn't um, manifest that. So just setting up the mat in the lounge room or in, on the deck and just doing the practice anyway and the children would, you know, go under the bridge and drive their trucks over me while I was in Downward Dog and then someone, you know, would bump their head and they'd need a cuddle and then sometimes yoga would get hijacked and turned into I'm a little teapot and, you know, it had just become a game and to just – we just had to go with the flow with – um whatever was required, oh, someone needs the toilet or someone needs breakfast or someone, but then you can get back on your mat. Just to not be attached that it has to look like a certain way 
mm. that um, to just do what you can within the confines of what you have. That's beautiful because I think we are so caught up in that idea of, yeah, we need to have it looking and being a certain way. And I think when you're in meditation, if someone's trying to meditate, that's kind of the problem is the trying, is trying to get somewhere or, or someplace. So when they're sitting on that mat for five minutes, what do you just, just to feel, like just to connect with their heart, not really i mean it's kind of yes. a, a dance isn't it, it with is a the, dance. the the mind and the heart if i was guiding someone in that space i would um i would invite them to just close their eyes and drop into their breath and let their belly relax and just let their breath deepen and slow slow down and then to begin to become present with the sounds that are around them and even if that is a, a busy place and a noisy place, let those sounds be the anchors into the present moment. So a bird sings over here and then a cricket sings over here and then a child makes noise over here and then there's a car over here. Every one of those sounds can bring us fully into the present. So I would, for a small, short practice like that, I would be inviting them to just be present and just let the breath flow naturally. And if thoughts are arising, to just watch them like clouds going past and to not grab onto them. So then we begin to become aware of the witnessing mind, the witnessing presence. We can stand back and watch. Watch the game. Watch, watch the, the chaos. <laughs> watch the mad it mind. Takes time. It takes time to actually separate then that space of thinking and to have the thinking mind and the witnessing mind mm. or the observing mind. It takes time and that might sound not even possible for some people to consider that, but it does actually happen over time where you can experience the tranquility of the observer and the mind doing whatever the mind does. It can be quite funny after time. Yeah, I yeah. have that with some of my clients. Um, you know, They might ask a question and I'll be silent and they'll come to their own conclusion that they've just had that observation being the witness and yeah just and being in the mind it's and it's funny and they they laugh at themselves it's just it's so nice to witness them witness what's going on <laughs> yeah you know. one of the other things for you know uh, establishing a relationship with stillness or a connection to the inner life we talk about is having daily rhythm and I, I like the word rhythm more than discipline because I think in our culture we have a negative response to being mm. given discipline because of a historic way that discipline was dealt out. It was something that was imposed on you. And um, I even you know, was thinking about the word disciple a little while ago and to be a disciple was to take your discipline from somebody else. And so we want to encourage that, that strength from within because you want to achieve something and that if that was a stronger swimming stroke or a bigger bench press or a deeper connection with yourself, the same rules apply. We have to apply ourselves. But if we look at it like every day we have a rhythm whether we like it or not. We just have an unconscious rhythm or we have a conscious rhythm. And an unconscious rhythm, rhythm might look like coffee first thing in the morning, followed by the news, 
and it's done every day while you drive to work and then you get stressed out about what you heard on the news and then you can't understand why you're angry at about 11.30 in the morning because you haven't joined the dots between the liver aggravation from the coffee, the, the, the distressing news you heard and then you're at work and someone really ticks you off. You know? And so we like to look at how can I create a conscious rhythm where I might wake up and drink a litre of water followed by a meditation. Could be five minutes, could be 50 minutes depending on your life relationship, followed by some stretching, some movement and then a healthy breakfast that you're present with. Mm. Don't listen to the news while you're eating it. And then life will unfold. That small portion that you give to your life will stay present throughout the whole day. And then we have that opportunity because everyone has to go to work or is engaged in that time. Same thing at the end of the day. Creating a rhythm that becomes cyclic day in and day out. And then some days you miss it, it doesn't matter. You sleep in, you get unwell, you have children that wake you up through the night. But if you create that understanding or that commitment or that rhythm, however you look at it, it becomes something that that carries you through difficult times. Beautiful word and so so far away from discipline. Rhythm was my word for last year. It's rhythms, yeah, it's kind of like you're in your groove and you dance. And I think that's beautiful even going through those points of the day of being present or being still like if someone's speaking to you put down your phone I know you know I'm guilty of that (laughs) my son's speaking to me or I'm working I just have to stop and look at him like be present or you know when you say about with your food not watching television even tasting your food tasting that goodness because it all is going to serve the greater like the vibration the life within us isn't it at those small moments or driving you know where you get to a place and you think oh my gosh how did I get here I'm on autopilot it's the small things mm-hmm. yeah it's also the being really aware of how many distractions we have these days with social media devices phones the whole lot it's um there's a lot to navigate and and most of those things are really addictive so we look to look at them again and again and again and again. So then creating some boundary in your life that maybe at this time of the day that gets turned off. Or at this, within this room of our home, we don't have screens in this room of our home. This is our family space where we just connect and we be present with each other. And I remember when our teenager was at home and her friends were coming over, we, we asked that the lounge room space be a space that was free of all devices scroll, screen scroll free zone scroll free and screen free zone because yeah. um, we had our little babies at that time and we just wanted a place where everyone could be present with each other and it worked really beautifully um, so it's about creating those things in our lives and being really honest am i loving myself each day am i giving myself the the nutrition the hydration the exercise the movement the stillness that I need am I giving myself those things and if if you struggle or someone that struggles to be disciplined in your own rhythm then find a place that can support you in that you know go to a a really beautiful yoga class that you find or to the place of chi or to you know a meditation class or something that will hold you within that that helps you to develop 
more self-love, more self-care. Thank you so much. I think that would wrap that kind of the reason of how we can be a rejuvenated woman or man. We can be a rejuvenated man as well, but I think that's a beautiful message for our listener to you know, think about and bring into their day. Tell us, tell the listeners about your upcoming retreats, please. Well, we don't have, we don't You've got really a couple know. though, don't We've, you? We, not really. No? They, they will, but, uh, you know, it's an unusual time. At the well, moment, September so. will be my um, sacred women's retreat, which just ran in November out in Koran, which was absolutely beautiful. Four days of nourishing, lush, Womanness was just beautiful. Mm, sign me up. <laughs> oh, you'd love it, Kathy. It was so beautiful. So, um, so that'll be happening in September. Normally, every year we go to Bali and we have an, an into your heart retreat over there, but of course, we're not doing that at the moment. Um, and our main thing at the moment is our journey into stillness um, course that we run, which just started yesterday, and we'll run through till the middle of June. And that's um, every Thursday, 9.30 till 3.30. It's a day of practice, a day of meditation, yoga, mantra, yoga nidra, ceremony, fire ceremonies, chanting. Beautiful. Beautiful food, yes. As, as things open up, they, you know, we will put more things back on, on our events list. And mm, but we will direct our listener to your website, Sacred Earth Music. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they can listen to your beautiful divine sounds and voices, which are just angelic. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today. It has been an absolute honour. Is there any message that you'd like to give our listeners before we close? Um, in this time, I'd really like to invite people to find a way to really listen to your own heart. There's so many opinions and different views flying around in the world right now and to really take time to see what resonates with you as truth and to ground into your truth and really love yourself in your own truth and your own wisdom and your own knowing and not get caught up in in the mind because it's like there's a great big mind running the world right now and um, to stay connected to nature and to your heart and I would say stillness or the deeper self I had this really great analogy come to me a few days ago that um, we have this notion that stillness is something I'll find in the future but uh, stillness is here and I liken it to imagining you always wanted to have a mango tree but you have no idea what a mango tree looks like. And one day you discover, because someone visits, there's one in your backyard and it's always been there. And so stillness and the deeper self is that. It's here with you now. Mm. It's just uncovering it, taking the things off that are covering it and stopping you being able to actually connect with it. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. This is our last episode of the season. I want to thank you for staying with me throughout the course 
of our episodes. I hope to tune in to you soon. If you want to find us on the socials, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all the places, Sacred Earth as well. On Track Studio, this has kindly been brought and filmed at On Track Studio and also sponsored by Rejuvenate Pilates. Thank you and God bless.